Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and we're here to discuss a variety of topics. Bullying is the big one. But right now, many people, and I mean a lot of people, some people even closer than you could imagine, are experiencing a variety of problems. Okay, they have domestic violence, workplace bullying, cyberbullying, community and family bullying. And often when you know when I speak with people, I discover that they seem to be having trouble with the people that are closest to them in their lives, like their parents or their siblings. People become angry and bitter and just don't realize that there is a choice. And it can be just as easy to develop love, joy, peace, and patience as it is to be angry, bitter, and vengeful. Now, this podcast is designed for anyone who wants to have a fuller, more vibrant life and to offer some ideas on how to balance the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual areas of their life. But we are anti-bullying 101. So it's truly my hope that we can help everyone live a life without the fear of harassment, intimidation, and bullying. Now, I think that we've beaten this thing up pretty well uh, when it comes down to the idea that our, our children have become more sedentary. And with that, and, and I don't know how many people actually realize this, but smoking is not the number one cause of heart disease anymore, but a sedentary lifestyle is. And when you look at the whole picture, our children have a very sedentary lifestyle. They get, you know, a few minutes or a, a, a few, maybe an, a few hours of, of physical um, activity and, you know, in gym or something like that throughout the day. And 
they don't do very much more after that. They could participate in um, uh, uh, after-school activities. They could do that. They might be kids who are, you know, really enthused about going outside, running around, throwing a football, baseball, uh, or something like that on their own. But for the most part, our kids are more sedentary today than we were, than I was as a kid. I know that. I've told my story a million times. And, you know, you go up to a park and you just wait for people to show up to play. And while you're waiting, you're throwing a ball up against the backstop or just hitting a ball out of your hand. But we did that and we were basically kicked out of the house. I mean, we didn't stay in the house very long without our parents saying, get out. They didn't want us laying around watching television and uh, doing nothing, if you will. So we've beaten that piece up. Now, with that sedentary lifestyle comes problems with obesity. And obesity is something that can draw the attention of bullies. Now, I'm going to share something with you. And it was an article that I wrote several years ago. Uh, because I thought it was important to understand this. That way back, way back, adults were as guilty of, of stigmatizing young kids because of the fact that they were overweight. This is adults. Excuse me. This is adults. They, they, they would stigmatize you. They would make you feel bad for being overweight. Now, I'm not going to get into right now whether way back we were clinically overweight or we just were kids that ate more or whether it was emotional eating. But I can tell you this, adults, adults were as guilty as anybody else of stigmatizing and poking fun at a young child who was overweight. Let me read this article. And then I'm going to get into something else, but I think this is important. Oh yeah, I was o an overweight little boy. So much so that when my mother took me to buy clothes, I went to what I thought was a special clothing stores for boys like me. Fat. Why did I think this? Because when I walked into the store, the open-tied, cross-armed, wrinkled shirt, cigarette-smoking salesman took one look at me from head to toe, looked at my mother, pointed to the back of the store, and said, Husky. Gee, did I feel special until I discovered that the store I was in was one of the only stores around that sold clothes for fat kids. Everybody in the store was, was, was an overweight child. 
Sure, I said it for fat kids. And that's a horrible thing to say. Because, but I say it because that's how I felt, like a fat kid, and that's how I was treated. Special stores for special kids who were fat. My skinny friends bought clothes from all kinds of stores. I was relegated to one store, and only one. I certainly was not one of the cool kids in the times I felt isolated and excluded. My dad, who was a baseball fan, encouraged me to try out for Little League. And I remember during one game I struck out, thought I walked and ran to third base, a laughing stock. But my biggest humiliation was not the fact that I didn't understand the rules of the game but rather not having a uniform that fit. Why? Because they didn't make Husky uniforms. I liked and still liked baseball, but I was uncool. I was paying a, playing a pickup game out on the blacktop and I hit a softball about 300 feet. Out of the blue, I was cool. Now, during the summer of 1968, actually the school year of 1968-16, during the winter of 68-69, which was like September to the um, uh, end of the school year, I lost weight. I worked out, I got into great physical condition, and in the spring played baseball with anyone who wanted to play. And throughout my teen years, I played baseball in the Joe Medwick League, the Babe Ruth League, American Legion. Was I that good? No. I wasn't that good, but I knew how to compete. I could have been better, but I lacked confidence. I still felt the exclusion of the tag that was pinned on me when I was seven years old. Husky. Kids become overweight for a variety of reasons. Poor self-control, introduction of a poor diet, and parents do that. They introduce, in other words, they introduce McDonald's, and then they, there's something in that food, I'm convinced, that makes kids crave it. Anxiety, and comfort to name a few. Clothes are now made for kids of all shapes and sizes. But clothes should not define a kid, but our society and our culture create such clothes competition that socioeconomic status is designed by the type of clothes kids wear, which causes rumors, gossip, and ridicule in school. Kids don't know, but they should know, that they, can, they can't judge a book by its cover and they can't, they can't use clothes as a benchmark for who they choose as friends and who they associate with. Now, at the time of this writing, I had two daughters who bought a variety of clothes from a variety of stores, but when they were younger, they always wanted, I still have two, I have three daughters now, they, 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 when they were younger, they always wanted designer clothes, and as teenagers, they lost weight to wear fashion-conscious clothes that their peers wore. Now they buy clothes from Target and Walmart, but frankly, designer clothes, because frankly, designer clothes are just too expensive. 
and they just don't really care anymore. But when they were younger, the true reason they lost weight to wear, desi to wear designer clothes was because designers force exclusion. They force exclusion by manufacturing clothes that fits only up to size 10. And my kids, my daughters, at the t you know, they were younger at the time, they were not even close to being overweight and they still had trouble buying designer clothes. Now, at, here's the piece. At the time of this writing, Abercrombie and Fitch, they, cro they really crossed the line by redefining the word husky. So if you're a husky, shop somewhere else because we don't make clothes for plump kids. And they came, actually said this. Why? Because cool has been defined as skinny, and those who are not skinny are just uncool. They are encouraging kids, uh, strange as it may seem, to exclude their peers because of clothes competition and body type. Now, exclusion is one of the worst forms of bullying that kids experience today. And the isolation and loneliness kids feel is horrific. The hit that the child's self-esteem takes because of exclusion can last a lifetime. And the brainwashing that our kids are experiencing today by the media is going to impact them and possibly their children. We can't allow our children to isolate, exclude, bully, or harass others because of race, creed, color, or religion. But truly, we can't allow the subliminal seduction by a place like Abercrombie and Fitch, along with other clothing manufacturers, that is redefining us as a culture go going forward, which is affecting the well-being of our children just for being husky. Now... I know that when you see advertisements in the in the um, in the, um, newspapers uh, and um, in uh, on TV today uh, on the computer that they do advertise for uh, for uh, folks who are I guess they'll use the word more full figured or bigger boned or whatever the case may be. That's their way of trying to make sure that they don't get nailed in some type of um, situation where people are saying, well, you only uh, manufacture clothes for kids or adults who are skinny. Years ago, we had big and tall men shops. You know, you can go there. We said they still have them today. But the point that I'm making here is our kids cannot be picked on or defined because of the fact that they have extra weight. We need to help them, not just because of extra weight, we need to help them because it's something that they need for lifelong health. When I took that weight off, everyone was so amazed about how great I looked when I was a kid, but what it taught me was lifelong healthy eating. Now, have, do I go on and off the wagon? Of course I do. I'm 68 years old right now. And I've gained and lost probably a thousand pounds in a lifetime. But the point that I'm making is 
I know where to go in order to take the weight off. I know how to eat. Now, is it good to yo-yo? Of course not. But if you know what you're doing, you don't yo-yo. You know when to cut back. And that's what I learned as a child. And that was because of my dad. And my mom did some of the cooking. They took me, at the time, they had a thing called Teenage Weight Watchers. I wanted to go. I went. And I started my uh, eighth grade school year. I weighed 190. And when I graduated, I weighed 140. And I grew about four inches. So I looked pretty good. But that's what put me in the position. Did, and it was because of adult supervision. Did I have a lot of um, people giving me a hard time? I had adults who were cruel to me because of the fact that I was an overweight little boy. And I would have thought, I would have thought by today's standards, and by the idea that bullying and harassment has gotten to the point where kids are affected by it so badly that they could turn to suicide, that there would be greater adult sensitivity in this, in, in this world for any uh, differentiation or any uniqueness that anyone was... Um, viewing or however anyone felt or whatever, you would have think that people would be more sensitive to, to young people who battle weight. And you would think that they would give them some skills in school to help them lose weight rather than pick on them for being overweight. Which leads me to my next story. And I've been in Florida for... Uh, a while, because I was visiting my granddaughter. By the way, I'm a grandfather now. 68 years old. My daughter just had a baby. She's seven weeks old. I had to go down and see her. My daughter, my granddaughter's name is Winnie. I am a proud grandfather. So I was in Florida, so I didn't get a chance to do a podcast. But this article has been weighing on me for a long time. And I'm not sure what the date of it is, uh, but it was in NJ.com. And the article uh, was written by Anthony uh, Atrino. And I could probably link this to the episode description. But here we go. The parents of a clinically obese, a clinically obese, meaning that there's something organically wrong, High school student in Ocean County has filed a lawsuit against the district where the student played football claiming an assistant coach, adult, repeatedly shamed and harassed him over his weight. Look at how fat you got, the assistant coach at Lacey Township High School allegedly told the student at the start of the 20. 21 practice according to a lawsuit filed in June look at you lose weight the coach allegedly said 
A year earlier, the assistant coach makes, made similar comments to the student as he and other players stepped on a scale in front of each other, according to the suit filed in the Superior Court of Ocean County. The student has been diagnosed by doctors as clinically obese, and he suffers from digestive medical condition and anxiety, according to the court documents. Okay, the kid has got a medical problem, and he's overweight. The anxiety is probably contributing to the, to the eating, no question. Now you got a coach picking on him. You think that reduces his anxiety? The coach is bullying him for his weight. Now on August 12, 2021, the student's mother spoke with another assistant coach telling him that her son had been working hard to control his weight, but medications he took made dieting difficult. This is what the suit says. The lawsuit claims that despite his mother's efforts to explain her son's medical issues to coaches, the same assistant coach kept calling him fat. The same assistant coach called him fat. And, you know, quite honestly, do you think that that may have struck a nerve with me? bringing back a memory or two when I went into the store and then they called me husky. Adults. We're not talking about kids right now. In September 2021, the student was hospitalized with COVID-19 and transferred to the intensive care unit at the Jersey Store Medical Center, the suit states. When he was released from the hospital and returned to football practice, the coach again brought up his weight. Man, you've got fat. What have you been doing, the coach allegedly said, according to the lawsuit. You need to lose weight. You know, and it gets to the point, as you read the thing, that you say to yourself, wait a minute. You know, what is going on? What is wrong with this world? I mean, you're talking about an adult here. You're not talking about, you know, a, a kid, you know, or kids in the, on the schoolyard picking on, picking on each other. The lawsuit alleges violations of anti-discrimination laws and states the district's upper management and administrative staff were aware of the egregious and ongoing harassment and retaliation. The lawsuit seeks a court order requiring all Lacey Township athletic coaches to undergo harassment and bullying training, which they should be undergoing anyway, it's the state law, and ask judge to award monetary damages. Now, here's a couple of things that I'm going to share with you. As adults, as adults, when we see things that are going wrong in the lives of our children or in the lives of our students. It's our responsibility to try and correct the problem. It's our responsibility. It meant because I am a big believer in if you hear it or if you see it, you own it. It's yours. You got to do something with it. You have to help somebody. You have to reach out and say, hey, you know what? 
let's see what we can do to try and help you. Not add to the problem, but let's see what we can do to try and reteach, reorganize. I'm in the process now with my, with my own daughters who are older, 131, 126, where I have realized some things that I've done that have affected them as a parent. I have to reparent now to reteach them certain things that they didn't get when they were younger. And if you witness something, if you see something, if you are observing someone going down a wrong path that's either going to affect them emotionally or physically or mentally, you've got to step in and say, let's see what we could do. Now let me give you an example of what could happen here. Now I'm going to tell you a story about a young lad that I had. I'm not going to go into the district. I'm not going to mention names. I'm going to tell you this story. A young lad's mother came into school and her comment to me was her son was going to be a freshman. I was the administrator. Her comment to me was, I need you to put an elevator in the school. And I said, what do we need an elevator? And she says, because my son can't make the second floor. And I, I said, does he have asthma or does he have a medical condition? And she says, no, he's overweight. And she brought him in. And the kid weighed about 400 pounds. Ninth grader. Big kid. Unhealthy kid. So, my comment to her was, I can't put an elevator in. It would cost too much money. But here's the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to give him all his classes on the, on the first floor for the first two years. Then we can move him upstairs. But what you have to do is, and I didn't even say what you have to do. I said what we have to do is we've got to get him on a diet. Now, this is the school. This is one person. Uh, you know, I'm not blowing my own horn here, but I did do this. I involved the, the uh, physical education teachers. I says, I want him walking the straight, or uh, I want him walking on the track. Teach him how to get into a walking program. I involved the health teacher. I involved the home economics teacher to try and educate him about healthy eating. I encouraged him to bring his lunch more, more times than not to school. Because if you eat school lunches, they're not always the healthiest and there's plenty of snacks that you could grab as well. Now, the kid graduated from high school. Four years later, he weighed 200 pounds. Took him four years. So that's 50 pounds a year. Okay? So figure to do the numbers. That's four pounds a month. That's a pound a week. Now, if we had continued down that path, that kid probably would have weighed 800 pounds or 600 pounds. He would have been bedridden. He could have had all kinds of problems. But unless 
we look at things in terms of what we can do to help and not hurt, we are doing students an injustice by walking around, calling them fat, poking fun, and doing things that just don't seem to be the, the um, appropriate when it comes down to what we're supposed to represent as adults, and I mean adults in charge like a football coach. And if our parents don't understand what's wrong in terms of our eating, if they can't identify it as emotional eating, and if we, can't, if we don't get presented with healthy food as children, as if they don't get presented with healthy food and be taught the right eating habits, You end up with overweight kids. You have to educate kids about healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, and what it all means. And you absolutely should never, ever pick on anyone, any child, any adult, for being overweight. If someone is overweight, you can try and tell me, you know, that it's glandular, that um, it, it, in this case with this child it was medication, which made it much more difficult for them, and I have seen that before. But when you see someone's eating habits, and you see that they are overweight, the, the question you need to ask yourself, who is going to educate this person to help them take weight off? And I'm not saying, you know, there's anything wrong with people who have a weight issue. What I'm saying is, what can we do to help? What can we do to help? Because that's what, that's what it's all about. Help. Give them hope. Love them through it. Sometimes overeating can be as bad as a drug addiction. And we have to realize that we have a responsibility to help out children, if they're in our care, to help them develop a healthy lifestyle. My name's Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. We're here most times. You're hearing my microphone ruffle on my shirt. We're here most times once a week. I've been busy running around with my children. School year started. We're going through the process of having a, uh, my daughter Zoe now. She's 12. She's going to middle school. There's another situation, a change in venue. Seventh grader competition in terms of appearance, hairstyles, clothes, all of that happens. Trying to fit in, new friends, all of that lends itself to the issue of exclusion 
in isolation because what will happen is clicks get set up along the way and I'm in I'm friends with this crowd and you're friends with that crowd but the bottom line is okay they should all be friends they should all be friends or acquaintances hang out together chat you know and so on kids have it extremely tough today when it comes down to fitting in they don't know how we have to help them and we have to teach them that there's something wrong with exclusion and isolation and we have to help them really see themselves as a totally unique person who is loved and who is cared for rather than putting them in a position where they feel like oddballs or they they feel like they stand out because of physical appearance there are certain people that are the most beautiful people in the world and they they feel like they don't fit in because they they just don't meet the expectation of their friends and that's horrible everybody is beautiful for that matter Everybody deserves any help that we can offer to help them overcome issues in their life that are affecting where they're going to be going as an adult. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Today is September 20th. It's a Tuesday. Right now in New Jersey, where I'm at, it's going to be 88 degrees. going to be a nice day. When I get through with this podcast, I'll probably get ready to take care of some other things. But I think i got to cut my grass because I haven't been around for a while, and i got to get that taken care of. So there are chores. Even though you're retired, there are chores that have to be done regardless because it's just, they're just there. So i got to take care of that. I hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast enjoyed it. I hope you learned something from it. I'm going to be back at you next week. I want you to carry your weather around with you. Do your best to practice love, joy, peace, and patience, because those are the things that people need in this world. Because this world can be a tough place. But with your help, your help, we can help people develop the mental attitude that they can do anything. Once again, my name is Jim Burns, and I thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.